First of all, let's get this out of the way. I'm very excited to have my good friend, returning guest, intercontinental champion, the man, the myth, the legend, Henry the Host from the hit podcast that came from a monster movie. It's me. I'm back. He's back. Back we're again. Drinking we're drinking again tonight. Um, you know, we're, we're recording on uh, the 6th of January here, and it's been an uh, interesting day for those of you that follow the news. We're going to try to keep it. day from the start, to be yeah. honest. Uh, we're gonna, uh, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna keep a little light. We're gonna, we're gonna talk over uh, a fun movie here. I'm gonna let uh, Henry explain the movie a little bit, obviously, because these are my, these are the fun ones where I get to dip into his foray and and pine his expertise and throw out some silliness. But we're gonna address the elephant in the room really quick, and I want to say one thing about what happened today that I think, and I want to preface it with this: I'm in no way, in no way, admonishing or or uh, in any way giving credence to what happened at the Capitol, in no way. But I will say this, a lot of people are blaming the match and the gasoline, and they're not looking at all the wood that's been piled up for a very, very long time. When you enter the information age and you enter information coming at you at such a rapid pace, and you also, start to slowly but surely eliminate educational funding. So you make people dumber and you give them more information that they get to interpret however their dumb brain wants to. And then you have ingrained in their DNA, this freedom, this whole fight for your right. And then you give them guns and you do all those things. This is what happens. This is an indictment on how we've treated education. This is an indictment on how we treat information. This is an indictment on how we treat people. And it's, and once again, this does not condone their actions in any way. It is, it is, it is so grotesque what happened. But to blame one man and then try to walk away from this is silly. I think we really need to look at how we're educating people. I think we really need to look how we're taking care of people. I think we really need to look at the fact that when people do lie to us, we hold them accountable and we don't do that enough. And for the people that do lie, whether it's a reporter or a politician or a teacher or a judge or, or a cop or anyone else, you know what? You got to come out and say you're sorry and you've got to address that. That's my 10 cents on it. Henry, I'll give you the floor for your 10 cents on it, and then we're going we're gonna to party, brother. Yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My 10 cents is simply also 
check your privilege. Um, I knew I was done for the day on Twitter when I saw the police just open the barricades and let them through. Um, yeah, that was really gross. It, you know, I was talking to my friend and, you know, he, one of my best friends that I made in 2020 um, is a Republican, voted for Trump, da 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 And like, while I disagree with him, I understand why he did what he did because mm-hmm. it's the Republican party. But what this is now, because this is the thing that I'm, I want to advocate, do not... Yes, as you said eloquently, a lot of wood has been put in place that has been doused in gasoline with the past four years. This is not the Republican Party. Nope. This is something completely and horrifyingly else. And right now, this is a time where you think division needs to happen this is now a time, because you look at it like, yes, they're most likely covering their asses, Pence and uh, McConnell and blah, blah, blah. But like the Republican Party, I feel like is actually being like, oh shit, he is literally calling us up and asking us to find votes because he did, because he lost the election. Yeah, That's not American. That's not, we're the Republican Party. We're supposed to be the most American of Americans. <laughs> and right now we have a man, man child who is rallying as you said at i i taught and one of the things that i hated about being a teacher is teachers can't talk to students like they used to yep. in my opinion because you could get in trouble with the parents but it's one of those things where it's like you know i had i taught high schoolers and i had to explain what genocide was and then i had to explain like because that was during the time of ice uh, all the ice issues and you know i was like where are we on the genocide like where are we on the genocide scale and um you know some people are like well we're not at the stage where people are going to people's homes and taking children and i'm like we we are there that is that was on the news this morning on the way to work like but we can go around and pointing fingers but right now as americans as citizens of the world during a pandemic, during all sorts of stuff, we really need to just be patient, be kind, and just try and work together. I have no true animosity to those that were in the Capitol today, but I am disgusted of how they treated the Senate I am disgusted that every time white people in mass with guns and weapons and blah, 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 show up at government buildings, it's a protest. But when people protest the actual death of human be- of American citizens, that's a riot. And it's just, it's just really disgusting. And it's just really sad. And like, you know, Biden's not going to fix, the Democrats are not going to fix America, but we really need to move on from this time period where we've had a political celebrity sitting on his shitter and tweeting at people that makes him mad. Yeah. And thus people who, Twitter is only 250 word count, isn't it? 
Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I mean, so that's not a lot. That's not a lot of information. You can go quickly. And that's the worst thing. If you are not educated enough, you don't want something long. You want something short and condensed mm -hmm. and easy to read. Hey, buddy, buddy, tell it to me straight. Give me the simple words. And I'm sorry I'm using a Southern accent, but that's the, you know, well, apologize you know. to my Southern friends. But it's, but you know, I mean, that's, that's the thing that, 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 that is branded. Um, and I could use, you know, Montana, that's me. Hey, give me the simple. I was yeah, raised you're around just a bunch of sheep fuckers. We just fuck yeah. our uh, cousins down hey, here. Hey, listen, we invented the button fly because sheep can hear a zipper from a mile away. All right. Right. So. <laughs> Gotta, you know, where else are you supposed to get it? I um what an interesting day in America. Yeah. Looking forward to seeing what tomorrow holds. But I think Jason and I are gonna do the right thing and not be on social media, but instead take in a classic 1979, I believe. I want to say 79 or seven uh no, 69. Sorry, I knew it was a nine. I'm already like drinking. We're already drinking. So, but folks, here's our hard left turn. And I love this, brother. I got goosebumps. I'm excited about this. Have you not seen this? I, I saw, I've seen half of it in preparation for this. And then I got caught up in work because I made that fun commercial, the California Love Drop, where we're, I partnered my, the company I work, up, work with, with Wahoo's Fish Tacos and a bunch of other companies. And then through Zoom and editing and my boy Jimmy, we made a 30-second commercial that's airing uh, in Southern California on CNN, CNBC, Fox Business, MSNBC, and I forget, something else. All right, Big Dick, we get it. You did no, a thing. Good we did for a you. thing, but we did a thing to give back to people. That's all I'm saying. Like, yeah. all, these, all these crazy, you know, all these rich people that I get to work with, I look at them and I say, hey, we got to do something. And he goes, okay, what do you want to do? I said, well, I want, to, I want to support the California Love Drop. So I want to give them a certain amount of money every month so that yeah. they can go feed frontline workers and those in need. The boss is like, 100%, Jason, cut the check, go. I said, hey, they came back to me. Let's make a commercial for him. He's like, okay. He goes, what do you need? I go, I got B-roll. I want your voiceover. We're not shooting a commercial in a pandemic. And he went, all right, write me a script. Wrote him a script put it all together, timed it up, put it out. And it was just, I mean, it was so much fun because he, and then he comes out and I love this. He comes out on LinkedIn and on his personal Facebook. And he goes, if you have had a, 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 any amount of success during 2020, it is your duty to go out and help those in need. They don't need a handout. They need a hand up. Do your job. That's what he, and, and I was like, See, you know, everyone wants to say hate the rich. And I think there are some bad rich people out there. But you know what? There are some kind-hearted, wealthy people out there that if you, if, you, if you talk to them and you're like, hey, this is what we're going to do and this is why, he's like, great. And his whole thing, his whole, the whole part of the commercial was I used to be a pro surfer. I grew up on Wahoo's Fish Tacos. When the pandemic hit, they did something unparalleled. All he did was celebrate them. Never mentioned his, he didn't celebrate his company. He's not like, hey, by the way, we service Newport Beach and Laguna Hills, you know, and we cater to this group and that. No, 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 no. He just came out and said, do the right thing. Support some people. Go, go, go. And that, that, that made me very proud to work for him because 
not a lot of people. There's a there's another there's another company in this group. I won't name the name. I used to work for him as well. He's worth billions of dollars. Mm-hmm. He sponsored a love drop. That's cool. My boss is not worth billions of dollars. He sponsored five months of love drops and three months of commercials running 150 every month for three months. Hmm. That's wild. <laughs> I, um... So I'm sorry, Tangent, let, tell, tell us about the movie. I'm excited. I, I, Cause oh. I got questions. I got ideas. I got So thoughts. we're watching one of the last Ray Harryhausen films. For those playing the home game, Ray Harryhausen is a special effects genius. One of my favorite people in the whole world. Um, and we're watching the Valley of Guanji, which is a, it's, it's cowboys and dinosaurs, guys. This is just like his dream project to do. And it is honestly one of the best. And it's funny too, because his last film is the very famous Clash of the Titans. Yes. And we did that as a Patreon episode. And I realized I do not like that movie as much as I thought I did. The Kraken has nipples, and that just really upsets me because that means it's a mammal. And I'm just really not okay with that fact. And you can milk the mammal. Uh, that's why they're <laughs> called mammals, because of mammaries. Um, but Valley of Guanji is a really cool dinosaur film. Um, in fact, like in all honesty, this is the groundwork for Jurassic Park. Um, there's okay, see, this a, is where see this is where I'm wrong because I thought this was the groundwork for Cowboys and Aliens. I thought Cowboys and no, Aliens no, no. kind of stole from this. Cowboys and Aliens is based off a graphic novel that is ten times better than the movie because the graphic novel is like, hey, remember when white people came to America and like fucked the Native Americans? What if it, oh? this time around it's while well, they're fucking the Native Americans, but then aliens come and then all the white people are like, is this what we've been doing to you? Yes. Oops. This is what we've, you've been doing to us. Um, but uh, there's actually a scene in this movie that is in Jurassic Park. And it's there for a reason. Stop. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. Let's hit play. We got it on mute. Let's All hit right. play. Tell me when you're ready. Yep. One. Two. Hold on. I'm doing the thing where I, you know me, I like to I have it on on the telly and I like to have it on here. He's got, so, a good, he's got, he's got the setup, folks. I like to hear the thing. I know. Oh, it's still like loading for me. Hold on a second. Okay. I'm living in the boonies, so sometimes my internet is like fucking wonk. That's all right. It's all good. We got time. You know me. All right. Here we go. Ready? Yep. One, two, two three. three. All right. So um, before I uh, before we go into this, I, I dude, I gotta tell you this. So Hold on. I, am... I gotta mute this. <laughs> so there. I was. I was, um, I did this uh, podcast uh, Tuesday, uh, Monday or Tuesday, and I was talking to this guy, Nelson Tressler, Mm -hmm. bro. I'm like, hey, so Nelson, you know, just let people know about yourself. You got that book, The Unlucky Sperm Club, like how did that come about? Oh, yeah. You just released that episode with uh, Red Dawn. I haven't listened to it yet. Uh, He opens up the podcast. He's like, well, my mother was raped by a cop when she was 15 years old. And uh, her boyfriend, who would have been kind of my father at the time, went and killed the cop. So he went to jail. And then um, my mother had five more kids with an abusive alcoholic who beat me every night. 
and I was dyslexic and didn't know how to read. And in the third grade, I told him I was going to go to college and he beat me some more. And then one day walking home drunk, a car ran him over and killed him when she was six, when she was like 18 or 19. And we had, I had to go live with my grandfather. But anyways, I'm the super successful guy now. And I'm like, oh, whoa, 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 bro. I'm feeling weight. It was so crazy, his, his life story. And, and he's just, you know, but he's one of those guys who's made it and he was in the military and he's, you know, he's writing these books, the unlucky sperm club. And, you know, and then he's got this ab about being successful and he's like, you know, it's mindset and setting goals and all this. I mean, some of that stuff I poo poo on quite a bit, but I'll tell you what, you listen to this guy and you're like, mm, where's the Kool-Aid? Well, I'll take a sip. <laughs> I told yeah, him, right? I flat out told him, and I don't think he liked it too much. Yeah. That you'll hear it. <laughs> I was like, hey, thanks for not starting a cult and fucking all the ladies. You know what I'm saying, Nelson? Yeah, yeah. No, that, you know, there's not a lot of evidence. I'm not saying that there isn't evidence, but there's not a lot of it, kind of. Kind of. Um, but he was, but he, you know, he kind of gave me this look like, well, yeah, you know, he didn't want to get down the religious or cult trail. And, I, you know, me, I'm always poking for stuff, I'm asking about UFOs, which we're going to talk about because if 2020 didn't have a pandemic, and a co-core race car driver as a president with a bad spray tan, we would be talking about UFOs nonstop. Yeah, because the government was like, yo, dog, uh, they'd be real. Um, and no one batted an eye. And I'm just so mad. And now I'm even more mad because apparently some like Harvard researcher announced like, oh, yeah, aliens showed up in 2017. They're, they yeah. said they'd be back. Yeah. It's just like, why? Look, Rogan tagged him in a post today with what happened at the Capitol. There was the guy in the fur outfit holding his arms up, you know, being crazy. And Joe's yeah. like, dear aliens, go ahead. It's your time. I mean, it is one of those times where it is like, no wonder why they're not fucking showing up. Like, I wouldn't show up. I would be yeah. like, no, I'm not. They, they're on their own journey right now. We're just going to keep looking a little back. Keep, I mean, are you walking into the cage where the monkeys are throwing shit? No. No, you're also, gonna... I'm quite sure Richard Carlson was in the creature from the Black Lagoon. Just giving that. Oh, really? Yeah, I think that's right. Dude, Richard Carlson, uh, fantastic. Let's be yeah. honest. Really, I mean, he for the time, you know. I and by the way, I, people, and I want people to know this because I get some emails sometimes. When we do these older movies. The acting's not that good. Hey, fuck. Oh, thing. shush. Shut him. Oh, shush. Yeah, no, Richard Collison was in the creature from the black Lagoon. Nice. Wait, it's okay. Yeah, sure. I guess. I don't know. Like, <laughs> see, I don't know if I've talked about this on your show. I know I've talked about it a bit on my I'm gonna get on my show. I don't care. Come on, you know me. But I'm so annoyed. I feel like I I have realized recently that the current filmscape of reviewing and being a critic is all thanks to fucking inception because movies were fun people like think about it. we had doom and resident evil and all those fucking crap films yeah, but like studios were just like we're gonna release them we're gonna put them out they might be box office bombs but at least we're gonna make them mm -hmm. like you know but now because of inception it's like everybody is focusing on trying to make these like Academy Award-winning films, where I sit here being like, honestly, 
fuck Inception. That movie is dumb. It's very easy. Like I, with my screenwriting background, when that movie started, I was like, oh, I think I know where this is going. And I was just like, check, 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 check. Like, don't get me wrong. Great cinematography, good acting, but like, holy crap. Like that movie's not as great as everybody says it is. No, it's not. And you know what? And guess what I wish would happen? I guess I, I wish they'd look at Tenet and be like, you know what? We fucked up. Go make fun movies again, please. I feel like, I mean, that's why I was so happy with Monster Hunter coming out. Like, I still haven't oh. seen it at the time of the recording, but like people are like, oh, Monster Hunter is going to be bad. I'm like, we need movies like this again. I just want to go watch a movie, see cool shit, and then be like, that was dumb, but money well spent. Loving monsters, brother. I remember I texted you after I saw it. Loving monsters. Oh, did you? Oh, I forgot that you texted me about it. It's been a crazy couple of months. It has. Um, Did you like it? You know what I liked about it? I liked the campy love story. I like that he went out, and it's the it it is basically it's it it is it is um any 1980s uh you know love story can't buy me love he's got the convertible rabbit oh i don't need the i don't need the bmw dad i've got a mercedes you know and they get in the car and drive away in the rabbit it's that campy bullshit love story and it had monsters in it and he was just lucky and dumb the whole time we and i and i was like i was like you know what for it on valentine for our valentine oh season. yeah it's cute we i thought it was cute fucking movie <laughs> the monsters when when he Oh, yeah. I'm not no, going to anybody. Cool. The, the monsters, monsters are cool. cool. Like, it's a great, with... it, is a, it is a film, like, if I was at a party, I'd put on television and be like, look, we can watch this. If you, it if is if the you most had a heteronormative apocalypse I've ever seen. Oh, yeah, no. It's, listen, that movie is about fucking. That movie's about making babies because there's not enough of us around. But not even in the fun way. It's just very no. straight. It's just very straight. <laughs> it's just very fucking straight. It's like, like a, I'm like, okay, like me and the me and the group group we had on, we're like, oh cool. They're probably gonna be like poly or queer or like two dudes. Nope. Everybody's straight in this apocalypse. And one of the We're here, Protestants, we're here to fuck. And what's baby. awful is when we were doing <laughs> the characters, we were just like, so who's your favorite character? The dog and the robot. Oh, dude, that uh, dog was legit. Dog was great. But it's just like one of those things where it's like, you know, if you haven't seen Love of Monsters, it definitely is worth the watch. But please keep in mind that the dog and the robot Bro, are the best characters in that film. I got also, sad. Also, I miss these shows. I got oh, sad. I got sad with the robot. I got everybody gets sad with the robot. He was a sweet. Oh part. no, I, I was like, oh fuck. Nope. The this robot is an emotional moment. And I want, um, I'll tell you what, I thought he was going to fuck the robot, and I was okay with it. I wish he fucked the robot. I know. Man, I, would, I would love it if the robot was like, do you want a handy? <laughs> um, speaking of handies, yes. old Wild West shows, they were uh, fun. You know, it's the first time I saw a person die? At a Wild West show. In Townsend, Montana. It was a yeah. rodeo. Uh, they did the, um, it was a bull riding, and the guy got thrown off the bull obviously didn't last very long and the hoof came down and shook his uh, skull into the flattened it just basically took his head off i'm pretty sure i saw a guy die once too uh, i was in korea and i was getting donuts in the oh, subway, suit, Jesus. subway 
donuts? Um, yeah, right. I was at Dunkin' Donuts on our fucking subway. And Nico <laughs> Dear Dunkin', please sponsor us. We'll stop telling the story. Right. But uh, so in Korea, an old man is called an ajishi. And this Odyssey was like stumbling around and I'm like, oh, wow, it's not even noon and we're already at drunk o'clock. Way to go, Odyssey. Get it, um, But then he fell mm-hmm. and I was like, well, I would go check, but he could be an angry Odyssey and I'm not in the mood to lose my visa because like pretty much in Korea, your visa, like if you get involved with anything, you'll lose your visa. And I'm like, I'm not, oh. I'm not losing my job today. Uh, like when all the protests for the president who was giving government secrets to a witch. Yes. Um, no expat was allowed at those protests because if we were caught by the police, we would be deported. Okay. Um, because, you know, technically when you're an act under work visas and stuff, you're not supposed to be involved in local politics. So makes sense. it makes sense. But like, you just try and stay, you try and stay away from stuff like that. But um you know, I got my donut. I got my coffee. Do you remember the flavor of donut? So uh, I can judge it was you? my favorite. It was a uh, cookies and cream eclair How that I really enjoyed. Dare you? So my grandmother. Uh, well, but quick. I turned around, and as yeah. I was walking to the subway, mm-hmm. uh, I saw a police officer and a woman surrounding him. And I was like, man, he spilled a lot of like cranberry juice. Ooh. And no. then when I, like, it's weird that it's all around his head. And he's not moving. And like once I swiped my subway card and like moved towards my the, my train, I was like, he fucking is dying. Like I just saw a man die today. Oh, like he that. must have smashed his head on the concrete. Um, and it was just like one of those things where I got to work and I was on my computer and everybody was like, Henry, you all right? And I'm like, pretty sure I saw a man die this morning. I'm not, like, not going to dwell on it. Not going to dwell on it. I can't. My grandmother back home. Yeah. It was all gone. So it was all gone. Cleaned up nicely. Yep. Do you think the horse likes this, by the way? Oh, fuck horses. I'm I'm rooting for the fucking horse to be burned. I hate horses. So my grandmother, nine, 94 years old, still, every day, gets it delivered to her. I'm now paying to get it delivered to her. What maple, a horse? Maple bars. Oh. So she I'm I'm there two years ago, ninety-two there two years ago i'm hanging out with grandma and uh my dad goes hey mom what have you had to eat and she's like uh you know i had uh i had a maple bar and a cup of coffee he goes well it's lunchtime you've had some lunch i'm gonna have another maple bar mom you gotta eat something and i swear to god she goes boy i raised you i'm 92 if i want to have a fucking maple bar lunch i'm gonna have a maple bar for lunch yikes on bikes and i was just i was like you know what that's that's my grandma she's not guess what but also she won't take the medicine for her back because she doesn't want to get addicted to painkillers oh and i said hey kathleen now's the time to get addicted now's the time to get by be like you're 92 like Like, that's when you can use the 92 card smoke it crunch it up and i don't care (laughs) welcome to talking during movies (laughs) convince your grandparents to to smash their pills and snort it through their nose like a god-fearing american well come Uh, on if they're not going to smoke weed i i I, 
I'd love to get her on edibles. I, I just, this film is so fun. Like this is a whole, sorry. If you hear noises or like loud crashes, Dude, it's a cute dog I'm being an adult to these dogs that I'm taking care of. Dude, they're cute as hell. Oh yeah, no, they're real nice. I love these dogs. Talking during movies supports dog noise in the background all day long, all day strong. Yeah, no, they're Dude. two little pit bulls. Um, and so, all the fucking stuff on pit bulls are, is dumb. It's, it's dumb and bullshit. My, my buddy rescued one. Did I ever tell you the story about handsome James Ferdinand? No, I don't think you have. So uh, my buddy Regan lived in LA. Now he lives in uh, Cleveland, I think. Uh, he was, uh, he was rescuing dogs a lot and taking care of them, rehabilitating them and then getting them back so that they could go from the pound to a temporary home and then to a, a, a real foster. But that temporary home was him because these were always like crazy dogs. Just no one could touch him. Right. And, and James was a bait dog. Now, for those of you listening, do not Google that. And I'm not saying no, that, that you no. go Google it. Don't Google it. Okay. He was the dog. He wouldn't fight. So the other dogs bit him. So they learned how to bite dogs. He was 40 pounds, didn't have hardly any hair. And if he heard a man's voice, he pissed and shit and then just fell to the ground. They were going to kill him. They're done. He growled and snapped at anyone who walked in his cage. Nothing. He's huge, huge head. So Regan rescues him. Takes him to his little 500 square foot apartment. And uh, everywhere, the dog stayed about six feet away. Regan moved, the dog moved. Six feet away the whole time for two days. Dog just shit and pissed in the little apartment. Regan would just clean it up. And Regan was like, shit, I'm going to go to sleep tonight. And this dog's going to jump up by my throat. I'm going to be dead. And two days in, he hears a sigh. <sighs> the dog finally fell asleep and rested. Dogs now. I go, I come over to his house six months later. Dog's like 75, 80 pounds. Getting back to normal, but doesn't like people. Mm-hmm. Every time I go to LA, I stay with Regan. I could stay in a hotel. Business wants me to stay in a hotel. Regan's like, nope, I'm going to sleep on the floor. You're sleeping in my bed. Very nice man. I have a key to his place. I unlock the door. I kick that motherfucker open. I'm like, who's got booze and dog treats? This bitch, this bitch. And I'm singing a song. And Regan's putting his hand out like, no. Like, he's, you're going to freak this fucking dog out. This dog's going to, I mean, all the work he's done down yeah. the hill. I throw my happy ass down. I'm like, where's this new fucking dog? And he runs up and jumps into my lap. And Regan's like, whoa, I'm feeding him dog treats. I'm like, he's the sweetest. I'm kissing where they, they hand scissor cut his ears. Yeah. I'm kissing him. I'm grabbing onto him. He's like, don't touch him there. Oh, okay. Jason, Jason can touch him there. Okay. I can't. Jason can. Fast forward two years. He is the first rehabilitation dog allowed in the LA Children's Hospital. Wow. He's 95 pounds. They call him the Velvet Hippo. He's so popular at the Children's Hospital. They make trading cards for him. Oh, that's cute. The doctors, Regan's in the hospital. This is all children. He's like going up to a floor and there's another, a surgeon walks in. He's got the mask on, everything on. And he elbows the nurse and he points at his pocket and the nurse reaches over and pulls his pocket down. And he's got handsome James card in his front before he goes into surgery for a child. He's got that trading card. 
my daughter, because you know, friends, friends. Right. James starts writing her letters. Oh, I think you've told me about yeah. this part. Yeah. So they, they're like little pen pals. And then they, we go out and do a, his, his girlfriend's an amazing photographer. We do a photo shoot with those, with her and, 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 and James. Yeah. I got it printed. It's in her room now of her holding a bow and arrow and James standing by her with his tail out, and his big head, a perfect silhouette, looking at where she's going to shoot this arrow. And I bring it all, I bring all that because if we could be a little bit like handsome James, little forgiveness, little love, little tenderness, a little excitement and a little bit of just, you know, charisma we can go a lot farther yeah yeah that's my cool fun story of pitbulls they're, uh, they're wrestling <laughs> winnie winnie is adorable um she yeah all right winnie come on come on winnie come get on. up there winnie winnie's get up got there. a lot of love to give winnie's got a lot of love to give i love it so um i'm doing these um these different beers on my friend who runs this um art group called hope here in here in austin she brought me these uh these artists <clears throat> did one-off cans and designed them and then these yeah. breweries made some beers for them and i gotta i gotta have them i'm very lucky so i'm just trying new beers well that's fun mm -hmm. i want to be this old man but with less of the like having a small hispanic boy doing my chores for me yeah i, I mean also um can we, uh, you know, can we talk about old people, Donald Sutherland and this guy and eyebrows? Do they not care about their eyebrows ever? No, I, do you care about your eyebrows? Yeah, I trim them once a week. Oh. Also, I also pull all my nose hairs with tweezers. I get up there with a flashlight. I mean, you are older than me. I don't think I'm there yet. I don't think I you that. A bitch. <laughs> hey, you two, I am making jokes. You both have bones. See the issue is they know like, they know you're making fun well, of me. They're not going to have it. Well, Winnie, Winnie have and oh, and a Fred. Winnie, Winnie uh, and Reg are brother and sister. They're brothermates. Oh. Winnie is so, a cutie. No tongue. No tongue on air. No tongue. Like she really puts it in there. She gets that. No tongue. No tongue. I don't want it. Look it's at not she, consensual tonight. He's not. Lay down. <laughs> Folks, lay down. If you could see lay this, down. Lay you, down. Just look at that sad look she gave you when you said lay, lay down. down. It's okay. Jesus. Just lay down. Son of a bitch. Lay down. <sighs> Where? Um, well, I mean, one of the cruelest things ever, and I think it's interesting that with that that celebrated in all these old westerns is the bullfighting. Yes. It is bullfighting. Is a no go, which they still do in a lot of countries, which is crazy. I mean, Spain's, oh, yeah, you're gonna get that push off, aren't you? They know how to hit the goal. Oh, she just right. really knows how to aim her paw <laughs> in that one spot. I'm not probably having kids <laughs> anyway. Um, by the way, speaking of horses, yes, um, so why don't the you like fossil horses? he's talking about is an eohippus, which okay. is a horse that I like because they're the size of cats. They have three toes because you got to remember a hoof is just one finger. Yep. Um, but there's nice cats and giant birds ate them. It was great. I loved it. So now it's the, it's the hoven. It's the split toe that the Jewish people in the Bible couldn't eat, right? Uh, pigs. I don't know. 
they're on their own journey they're on their own journey but i think i think that's what it was it was like oh you can't eat because it's a dirty animal so you could eat the solid hoof and you could eat the multi-toes but the the dual toes they're like no son you can't have those which was always always interesting to me oh something super interesting Mm -hmm. so the actress in this uh gina blah 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 I'm not going to be super professional, Henry, the hosting. Oh, listen, you're on my podcast. Gila uh, Jolin, uh, she was redubbed. This is not her actual voice. They no one knows job. who her uh, dub voice is because she's Italian. Um, but can we can we agree also that for her being for the dubbing for this era, not terrible? Oh yeah, no, not too shabby. Like you would never realize. Yeah. Um, but it's like one of the great like film mysteries. Is the fact that her entire oh. presence in this film is dubbed. Uh, oh, that got right in the ass. And they don't know who, they don't know who it, who dubbed her. So. Well, they went. They took that secret to their grave, right? I guess. Uh, how do you how do you oh, act this? No. How, how do you act that part where the bull is just tearing the shit out of this guy? How is that acting? Um, I don't think that's acting. I think it's legitimate uh, bullfuckery. I mean, the uh, only actor I know that would do that today is Tom Cruise. Well, because Tom Cruise has a complex. <laughs> um, and I do believe it's like professional rodeo stunts um, with all that jazz. I just... Um, she's got some nice bangs. No, she, she's very well dressed for this film. Um, this was actually the first Jurassic June movie we ever did for the podcast. And Laura really? and I had a really good time with it. Um, she's also a Texas native. Uh, Laura, a.k.a. the clever fangirl. The follower on Instagram. She's she very fun. Right. Oh, yeah. I remember she and I were both like, well, that's a way to do it, I guess. Um, but uh, I think this movie got a B- minus on our show. Where Henry, Henry, for, for the people listening, and, and just for some some edification, uh, what is it about the older monster movies that that that, that call to you? They're not. I mean, look, they're serious, but like the thing is, the old films. It's and this goes with like most monster movies. Most monster movies have this like fantastic artistic element to them mm-hmm. um because you got to remember in this film all the dinosaurs and creatures are claymation um and this film build, builds up by the way like a japanese monster film it doesn't just show you the monster in the first 10 seconds there's a good build up to it oh no there's there's a good build up for it uh for this uh film um it's very good storytelling um like like i said this was ray harryhausen's like dream project he's been he was trying to make this movie happen for years and he finally was able to do it because this is around the time when like um, one million years bc and like when dinosaurs were the earth all those caveman movies that he also worked in um you know he's been wanting to have this project happen since uh mighty joe young which was supposed to have a sequence with like cowboys and really uh, mighty joe young was yeah the old black and white mighty joe yeah 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 um but like harryhausen was um oh look i will say i do love this eohippus sorry i it's cute 
I'd have to that's have how big it would be too and it's it's this is the thing it's, it's very Our puppy like well, well i mean they would be very puppy like wagging um, its tail it's having a good time yeah but i mean you gotta remember like that is a claymation creature harry hausen worked by himself because he felt like only he could really control the animals um because if anyone else helped him he would be like he fucked it up so he would do it on his own so the quentin tarantino and, or robert rodriguez of his day right but with less of an ego yeah. um, <laughs> but like if you look at it you'll see like everything about it is moving like harry Hausen made monsters not like move forward side to side he gave them a lot of emotion and that's because he is the was a student of Willis O'Brien who made the monster, the dinosaurs from the lost world and okay. uh, King, the original King Kong, which have very emotive animation mm-hmm. creatures. But Especially Harry Hausen, King Kong. like if you look at Harry Hausen's creatures, like they're always alive. Um, in fact, um, I don't know if the Eohippus model has it, but when we get to the dinosaurs, no, it has it. See, Look at it, easy. The Eohippus is like showing emotion, seeing people, putting his head well, back. It's like everything about it's moving like a real animal. But what's yeah. crazy is, especially with the uh, dinosaur puppets, um, he had a little balloon in the bodies so he could show them breathing. Um, which is an impressive feat of engineering, to be honest. Like he made, like the reason why all the dinosaurs that we get after this film are the way they are, is because like Harryhausen set the precedent that like everything should be moving. Like, because that's what in real life, everything is moving. He had a standard of excellence. Is that why you can, because I would say like younger people, right? you know no holds barred but younger people they'll look at an old movie and go oh the graphics are the acting i want the new monster movie you know i want um they'll go back to 1992 maybe maybe and go okay i can deal with these special effects whereas because you have an appreciation for the art you can go from this to the latest terminator or the latest you know monster movie that whatever's out in the theaters and appreciate them all is is is, is that the reason i mean i, I get what, what i'm trying to get at is that i want people to see this for, for for what it is is groundbreaking and i want people to also when they listen to your podcast to understand why you have a passion for this and because it's easy because if you go online you go on twitter generally speaking if people are going to review monster movies, they're only doing the new shit. And they're only doing, if it's not Kate Beckinsale in a tight suit, then it's the newest, coolest monster. And they're only talking about the coolest special effects. And you've figured out a way to bring art and appreciation into the new but, ones by understanding the old ones. But this is, this is, and this is the thing, right? That I feel like people... I feel like people automatically assume old B movies are bad movies. And I love them. And, but that's the thing. They are fun. Like 
Steven Spielberg's success is making B-movies that are accessible to everybody. All his films are B-movies, more or less. That's true. Except Schindler's List. I would never call Schindler's List a B-movie. Uh, but like, point. they're B-movies. Jurassic mm-hmm. Park is a B-movie with A-list actors. Jaws is a B-movie. Jaws with, is a C-movie with a well, B-effort. <laughs> I mean, you know what? Bet, I'm I'll terrified. Bet, I, it, it does keep me up at night sometimes when I'm like, okay, we're going to have to review Jaws. Henry, how bad would Jaws have been if the shark worked? How bad would that movie have been if the shark worked? I just love the fact that there is a shark in that movie. You know, I know, that, but right? you got to remember the fact that he had to. Oh no, Bruce sank. Bruce is great. Bruce is fantastic. But I always it always blows my mind that when they were filming in New Zealand and doing the shark cage scene, an actual great white that matched the size of Bruce showed up and attacked Richard Dreyfus. So. It's just so Richard saw the fake and the real and was like, Oh, yeah, oh, no, it's it's actually absolutely terrifying because you will see where you're like, Huh, the mechanical shark is very movable now, yeah, uh, he, because it's a real great white shark attacking yeah, the game through that water. But it's just like with these films, I think the problem is like a lot of especially with the newer generations where they just think, like, Oh, it's claymation or stop motion or whatever they automatically assume it's a bad movie. Um, But that's like, so when I taught film, first question, and I think I talked about this on our Godzilla episode, but, you know, my students asked me, why do I love monster movies? And I just pretty much was like, okay. Um, Before we watched Godzilla, I showed them a bunch of trailers. Mm-hmm. Like I showed them the Godzilla King of the Monsters trailer because it hadn't come out yet. And I was like, wild, right? Giant monster CGI looks freaking cool as shit, right? And they're all like, yeah. And I was like, okay, I'm going to show you another clip from the first time these monsters showed up. And I showed them the 1964 Geecher the Three-Headed Monster, which shows the old suit puppets and stuff. And I'm like, same characters, guys. Same characters, same movie, different level of effects. But at that time, those effects were equal to what you just saw in that trailer. And then I showed, I was telling them like, you got to remember that a lot of monster films are allegories and a lot of monster films are talking about issues or conundrums that humanity faces. And we don't know. I mean, you look at District 9, right? What, by District the way, is, if you watch District 9, don't order pizza. Just a tip from me to you. It doesn't settle well with the stomach. The pulling of the oh. cheese and all the red sauce. <laughs> oh, I was like, you got a weak stomach. But I do like, have a weak stomach. My whole thing is with nine. District 9 is like when people are like, oh, that can never happen. I'm like, no, that did happen. That's what apartheid was. What the fuck do you mean that didn't happen? That's that literally happened. <laughs> that is a real event that happened. Um, but it's one of those things where it's just like the genre is at its core always allegories. It's why it drives me nuts with, you know, at this point, none of the last time I was on, we did King Kong versus Godzilla, and I was complaining about G Fan and Godzilla Fest and the community and blah. But like, you know, my day started today 
with finding out in the latest issue of GFAN, they decided to have an article about Godzilla's gender. Come on, man. It was do bad. We... Oh, no, it was real bad. But do we have real, to? Real bad. Can we just but talk Godzilla? Really, but what's awful, I mean, who the fuck cares? It's a giant dinosaur. Yeah. But what makes it, what makes it worse is so like this morning, everybody was just like rearing to go because this article was, it was very dumb is the word I would use uh, on how it tackled gender studies. And everybody was just ready to but, rip. Hold on, but real apart. quick, why is GFAN tackling gender studies? This is the part well, of Well, so this is the thing, like, you can only talk about Godzilla so many times in a magazine when your magazine's all about Godzilla. Like, it loops. But, you know, with everything that Chief Fan's been going through this year with their COVID scandal and the King Kong scandal and all the other fucking shit that JD has done um, in public and in private, uh, you know, I think Chief Fan's trying to cover its tracks. So it's one of those things where it's like, Okay, so your last issue had the article that led us to doing King Kong versus Godzilla, yep. where we had to talk about how like uh, blackface and cultural appropriation are different things, especially Asian racism. This is different. Yeah, we talked but, all about. Um, and, and by the way, I got a lot of positive emails on that of people saying, "From because you know we do uh, the Philippines is is a big download for us." Uh, yeah, and, and they were like, "Oh no, we racist as fuck." I mean, yeah, they were just, yeah, yeah. They, I got emails. I got emails going, hey, you guys are right on. No, no, keep it going. And they go, yeah, that's it. Shit happens. So what? I mean, I had a lot of people emailing saying, it's an old yeah. movie. So the fuck what? Yeah. But what's awful is it turns out, so, you know, Godzilla Toku Twitter was just like all rearing to go with um, like crucifying the author of that article. Then we find out apparently the author is 13 years old. Oh, Jesus. So G-Fan, in trying to make it look itself cool and figure this other shit out, pretty much threw a child under the bus. Just fucking... So it's one it's of like those things... It's like Greta Gunsberg, whatever that little girl is from Sweden, to an oil conference. I mean, like, you should just talk. Get after it. You're a good kid. Everyone's gonna love you. You're cute. Yeah, but Greta's <laughs> European, so she has an actual education. Can like I know, but... know how to read a book. <laughs> um, but it's one of those things where it was like, oh my god, guys, we're mad about this kid for what he wrote, but we're mad at a child because the people at GFAN are trying to cover their tracks, so they fucking used a child to throw under the bus. So that way, the guy who has been causing the controversy is not the one that's in the controversy. Um, and it's even worse because there's, you know, I sit here, I, in all honesty, it is as much as I want to talk about the fandom during this episode um, because, you know, since, since May, I have been super advocating a lot of social recognition um but apparently i was too radical for it and not the fun like 
I have a skateboard with a backwards hat radical, <laughs> but too radical, which led me to getting kicked out of two podcasting groups. Um, because apparently I was being too serious, uh, as well as some other issues that occurred. And then another really big issue that I'm really having to breathe and regulate and not. Hold on real quick now, as, as you're talking about this, but so people can follow you on, on Twitter and Instagram, tell them your handles. Cause I want to uh, be able to follow you. Podcast. Also, you can look up apex underscore the audio drama, which we're going to talk about in a minute. And uh, folks, a I follow but, him on Twitter. I follow him on Instagram. I like everything that I see that comes up when the algorithm lets me see it. I retweet it when I can't. Henry's got some fun insights. And, he, and, he, and, uh, and, and I, I, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I just, I want people to understand this. Which, you guys, you have to understand something. As passionate as I am about, let's say, a beer or my kid, uh, and, as, and as less serious as I take this podcast, and I'd really like to have Henry on to have some fun and, and, and bring some, some depth I'm of really reality. I'm like most common guest, aren't I? Yes, you are. It's you and John yeah. Keeley. It's you and John, a seven foot tall, former professional basketball player. So you're the two. Because John, when I see him, when I bring him into town, he goes, come here. Let these big paws wrap around you. And I, and I, and I, when I hug him, I go right in between his chest. Like I'm right there. That's how tall, that's how, that's the size of a human that he is. He's such a, a massive person. So it's only you two. You two are the most common guests and, but you also bring the most depth and you bring the most insight. And that's why I wanted to bring this up is because you guys, what he's talking about is, is, and, and where I get frustrated is, is because if you want discourse and you're opening up conversation, you're having podcasts, you're talking about stuff then have it. If you don't want that and you just want an agenda, then make an EdCal, make a masthead, and make, a, make an editorial calendar and just do it and tell people to fuck off. But you can't have it both ways. You can't say, hey, let's talk about everything. And then Henry raises his hand and brings something up and it's actually a good point. He goes, don't throw a 13 year old under the bus and why don't we take care of business and let's have some fun and let's actually do this. And let's talk about Godzilla. And by the way, Godzilla magazine, let me tell you something. There's plenty, there's plenty for you. Actually, there are not, but there is a new one coming out, but I can't, I, and that's, <laughs> and this is, and this is the thing, and I'm going to try and word this carefully because I am drinking wine and I do not loose lips sink ships, <laughs> but um, there is a magazine coming out called Kaiju Ramen and Ooh, okay. my buddy is in charge of it and it's it's not a response to the fuckery of G-Fan, but it is, uh, an, it is a good idea. And a lot of my fellow artists and the ilk are a part of the project. Uh, is it monthly? I will, you know if it'll be monthly or quarterly or how will it? Quarterly. It's going to be a quarterly. Yeah, I'll tell you what, if you do quarterly, I mean, no offense, but I mean, I, I do PR and comms and I've built magazines and, 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 and distribution for television for, for, for 25 years. There's enough Godzilla material for a hundred years without having without people having to manufacture bullshit. There just is. Yeah, no, because I mean you can sell the thing is podcast. Uh, Roman's not just gonna go into Godzilla stuff, but it's gonna go it's more about the fans than it is about the films, which See? is much needed. Build it's a, a community. much needed thing. Build that community, that's awesome. Yeah, 
Um, I was going to be a part of it, but I, after careful consideration, very careful consideration, I decided to back out mm -hmm. for the time being. There is a possibility of a future uh, in in the in in later days, but for at least maybe the first year. I will not be in directly involved with the shenanigans of Kaiju Ramen. It, it, it got a successful Kickstarter campaign. Uh, my friends like Destiny and uh, AKA Kaiju Hime and Lisa Nassinger, they're all doing stuff with it. There's some really great articles that are coming out. My One of my best friends is uh, one of the leaders in it. And it's, it is all right. And I'm excited for it. I Good. just have to careful. But um, the dinosaurs are coming. So John Henry dinosaur facts are coming. But the, but the dinosaurs, but, but, I, but you know, I, this is the thing I love about you. This is why I like having you on. One, you have inside historical perspective. You've got passion. And you don't, you're not a party line person, you are you, and you're always gonna be you. And that's the yeah. fun part about you is that you will, for, for not being hyperbolistic, you will, you will make a, a, a sacrifice in raising your hand and saying, hey, this might be a little bit of bullshit or this is 100% bullshit or hey, you guys think about this before you do it. And they're like, we're just gonna kick you out of the group versus addressing what is what should be addressed. Yeah, no, no, I mean, I do sit here with some recent interactions I've had. I also realize that I think a lot of people are very intimidated or skeptical about what I've done with my life. In oh, no, I'm going to say intimidated. I'm going I'm to stop right there. It's intimidated because you have depth of knowledge. So where someone comes in and they go, oh, Godzilla, and they want to say something you're like, good point. However... I would just like to remind you that I worked in Asia. And so when working in Asia, I'd like to say that X, Y, and Z happened, and this is why it happened. Yeah. And you can, you know, so like our, last, like our last conversation, you give insight that comes with historical perspective, but also living there. And, and how many people that also commented, that also had any part of it, have the same perspective and have the same real on the ground experience that you do? Yeah. And, and you it's, know what? It is one of those things because, like, so I tell them to fuck off. That's what I do. Yeah. No. And I sit here happy because you you're the probably one of the first people to invite me on on an actual like paleontology related episode because there are times when like other podcasts do dinosaur theme months and stuff, mm -hmm. and I'm like, why am I not being asked? And people are like, well, what do you mean? I'm like, I. For better or for worse, am actually like a legit paleontologist. I have dug up dinosaur eggs. I have dug <laughs> up a mammoth tooth. I have dug up a lambiosaurus. I have dug up everything. I've dug up a fucking stegosaurus graveyard. I was on goddamn Discovery Channel. But also, I high school. I also text you really random dinosaur shit that I'm like, hey, my daughter got this picture. Like, this is bullshit. Let me tell you why. And you yeah. respond back. And then guess what? My daughter goes to school with that information and she drops knowledge. 
So I have you. I'll as, have, you I would, as you should drop knowledge. I would have you on. I would have you on once a month for a dinosaur movie, just because. Because one, I, mean, I just love talking with do you. Do it because I'm you, about you saw, to get... you, saw, you saw that tweet. I hope you saw that tweet. They're like, I, I forget. Know. Some some podcast group was like, "Hey, what do you think about you know what would you like about 2020?" And then somehow they tagged me in it. And I was very. No, I did. Made me I was very honest. honest. But it, but it, but I was and I want to tell everyone else this because I was very honest about this and it, it meant a lot to me. I was like. 2020 was tough, but I made a friend, made a very, very good friend. And that was you. We got to do this podcast. We got to have fun. We got to talk, we got to interact. And we have had four or five of these, but every time I talk with you, I mean, I still remember the first first time I'm like, I'm going to text you. I'm going to give you my number. You text me and I text Mm. and I get it. Because I have fat fingers, I have huge hands. This is the other well, thing. You know what they say about a man with huge hands. That's right. I can't fucking on. text with shit. Can't text with shit. <laughs> I also want. I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to say it on the podcast because I want everyone to know. And I want because I want. I'm just. I'm, I want everyone to know. I have 250. This is a humble brag, but also there's a reason for it. I have 250 Southwest miles. And I get about, you know, 20,000 miles a month from work and flying and traveling and spending. I am looking forward to, and I want you to figure out a time when you're comfortable to fly you out here for a weekend to do a couple of podcasts, to hang out, to have oh, some yeah. epic no, barbecue. You and I are getting drunk in Austin. Yes, sir. Texas. That's what I'm Where talking about. Austin, Texas or Nashville, wherever I'm living. Wife really kind of wants to move to Nashville, which is, which by the way, 100% okay with me. Um, no, I think you'd like it up here. It would be like Texas and Montana, but mount, like mountains and green and a lot more weed. Uh, okay, now I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> She's also talking about North Carolina. I'm like, babe, I don't. Well, that is North Carolina. That is yeah. North Carolina. That's it's, it is actually quite nice up here. Okay, so real quick, this pteranodon, beautiful. Beautiful creature. And anyone um, who's grabbed a bird knows that this guy's not doing this. Not a dinosaur, by the way. Just putting that out there. Hold on now. Why not? Hold on. Why is it not a dinosaur? Because it's a pterosaur. Okay, what's the difference? Uncultured swine. I am. <laughs> I'm drinking beer. You're drinking wine. How it's a fucking terror. Okay, so I have. He's grabbing it by the beak, like he's a like it's like it's a. No, that's a, that's not even the beak. Those are the talons. But so a, a, a pteranodon, a pterosaur, is technically like a flying crocodile. So it is an archosaur, and it but it's an incredibly distant cousin to the dinosaurs. But it's not an actual dinosaur. And what's crazy about this is while this model is fucking phenomenal, mm-hmm. um. It has bat-like wings, which are incorrect. It did not have that kind of wing structure. But like, God, it's such a beautiful animal. I love Pteranodon so much. I love Pteranodon Sternberg, to be more precise. Uh, This is Pteranodon engines. But like, pterosaurs are phenomenal. It seems Flyers. like it would have been stronger than the, the cat wrestling it to the ground. Well, you'd be surprised. Um, some of these animals were very dainty, but like 
The pterosaurs would eventually evolve into a species of animals, and I'm going to butcher the pronunciation, and I'm just going to say out loud, Lily, if you listen to this episode, I'm so sorry for how... Lily, you judge him, we're going to have a problem. Fuck. I don't even think I can do the syllables. The Alcazars? No, that's not it. Anyway, so there was a species of pterosaur. Um, My favorite specimen of that lineage is Quetzalcoatlus, which is found in Texas. It's the largest flying animal ever to ever exist. To explain how large of the largest flying animal that ever existed is when on the ground, Quetzalcoatlus would have been as tall as a giraffe. Stop. What's that wingspan then? The wingspan would be about 40 feet. It would be the size of a small plane. And it was a flying animal. What uh, I've heard this brought up before, and I know you're going to know this right away. I think it was in New Zealand, and it became extinct. Oh, the host eagle. Yes, the host eagle was pretty big, but not like Quetzalcoatl. Like like, the host eagle is great, but like eagle was like taking oh, um, real quick. Yeah, this scene. So they're chasing a Gallimimus, which is another bird-like dinosaur. Well, bird birds and dinosaurs the same thing, but it's this sequence that is in Jurassic Park. Ready? It's about to happen. Okay. And nope, not not now. Hold on. And oh, there we go. There it goes. With the Allosaurus coming in to get the Gallimimus, you've seen oh. the exact same scene in Jurassic Park because that's when the T-Rex comes out of the bushes and eats just... the Gallimimus. It's the reason why that scene is in that movie. So now, question for you, because I, I think I texted you these pictures as well. It was like, oh, they, they looked at a baboon without its correct muscles. Oh, the uh, skin skin wrapping. The skin wrapping, and they're like, we don't know. And you, and I texted you, and you're like, no, more than likely they had fur. Or they had they had they had wings. Most dinosaurs uh, were, were reptiles. Well, well, they had, dinosaurs they had are birds. Birds are dinosaurs. Birds are are dinosaurs. Like it's not. Pteranodon is, in the layman's term, a beak flying ter- uh, crocodile, more or less. Uh, it's a completely different lineage of animal than a dinosaur. Dinosaurs are, hold on a second. Hey! Hey! <laughs> Dogs. Winnie, Reg. Winnie, come here. Here you go, girl. Hey, folks. FYI, we love dogs and we also love rescue dogs. We love dogs. So, yeah. Um, oh, I love Guanji. Guanji is such a wonderful allosaur. But, um, so, I, just, Ooh, so I, I brought it up because um, how, I, I mean, no offense Birds to this movie, and of course it was the timing of this movie, and you know, and they're just like, oh, we're just going to kind of put reptile skin on it. How many of, from the T-Rex to everything in between, how many of them do you think had feathers? So, you know. Or how many hairless cats were running around about this? So, I am an extremist, and I want all my dinosaurs to be feathered because and i'm going pretty honesty, feathers for the t-rex i think that t-rex has some pretty feathers like a peacock pretty no if t-rex had feathers it would be absolutely fucking terrifying <laughs> but like so this is the thing with with uh with because dino- you also got to remember t-rex didn't roar um because roaring is a mammalian feature with our vocal cords T-Rex probably sounded like a weird goose and an, al- and an alligator. 
or like a or like so a, you would be being stalked by like a 10 ton goose or an owl which is terrifying ooh, 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 ooh. no no <laughs> owls owls you're not scared of owls you're scared of geese i know but could you imagine a 10 ton goose could you stalking imagine? you through the forest hold on a 10 ton owl going ooh, ooh. well there probably was but like this is the thing with so this is the wonderful thing about dinosaurs, right? Like even in these movies, like Harryhausen made these animals so animated, but people were like, because before this, people thought they weren't this lively. Okay. And like, you look at Styracosaurus, it's got a beak. Um, and there's evidence, especially in its ancestors, that they were, that th their feathering wasn't like bird feathering, but like quilts. Okay. And in some extreme cases, it's theorized that um, northern species of ceratopsians were so feathered, it would look like they were woolly variants of themselves. Um, you know, and Allosaurus was the lion of the Jurassic period. But what's funny is like Allosaurus and Styracosaurus lived in completely different time periods. Uh, Styracosaurus is a Cretaceous period animal and Allosaurus is a Jurassic period animal. And to kind of showcase, because this is another thing that I think people have a hard time realizing, geologic time is crazy. And the mm -hmm. best way to explain it is actually in this, we'll, we'll use this movie for context. So Jason, Allosaurus and Styracosaurus, mm -hmm. we currently, us as humans, you and me doing this podcast, are closer in time to Styracosaurus than Styracosaurus would ever have been with Allosaurus. Really? It is, because this is the thing. We as humans are like, oh yeah, we've been around for a while, blah, blah, blah. Dinosaurs were around for like 250 million years and people are like, oh yeah, that's-, that's If you believe- like, No, 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 that's that 250 million years. When you find a dinosaur skeleton, it's not 75 million years old. It probably lived for 20 years before it died. Um, Is that the average lifespan of a of a, uh, a like T-Rex would be anywhere between like 20 to 35 years um, of age. Uh, sauropods would probably about like sauropods would get to the size that they would be at around 10 years. Mm -hmm. um, but could probably live up to a hundred. Like, so, here, so here's a random question for you on this. As a person who studies this, who's, who's been out in the field, who's dug stuff up, <clears throat> what are your thoughts when you hear a, a Graham Hancock talk about older civilizations? You know, where Hancock's like, hey man, there was probably four or five very intelligent civilizations that have lived on this planet that have almost been wiped out we're going to put back. a pause on this real quick. Hold on. A pause on this? All right, I'm going to just talk. You put a pause on it, I'm going to talk. So for those of you guys who don't know Graham right. Hancock, he's awesome. been on, um, he's been on, let me see here. What has he been on? He's been on Rogan. He's been on a lot of stuff. Um, you know, he is, uh, but he talks about this, um, not just the Jurassic period, but all of these periods of great floods and where they've brought people in and people out um, in these floods and uh, that they've, you know, and ice age and, and heat waves, and everything else. And I'm butchering this. So please go Google Graham Hancock, go look up one of his books. But Hancock had, has, you know, has this um, theory where, 
I'm just trying to unmute you now, Henry. I, I, I hit it. I don't know what I did. Asked to unmute. I hit the- Like all siblings, they can't share. They always want yeah, what the other I know. Has. So, um, so Han Hancock has this idea that, you know, there's been one or two or three different uh, civilizations that have probably matured up to us, closer than us, or past us in, in some capacity. Um, and uh, with the dinosaurs, I just, does that make the world older? Or does that mean at some point in time, it was almost like a Godzilla Tokyo experience where maybe we lived in an environment around or near dinosaurs in, in, in some evolutionary period? Okay, so we're gonna go into all We're gonna go into all this. Come on, you know I'm gonna go into all this. How dare you, we're drinking. <laughs> So the KT event was 75 million years, no, 65 million years ago. KT event is when the asteroid the size of Mount Everest hit the Yucatan Peninsula and wiped out all large terrestrial saurians. And it's funny, I actually was just talking to this amazing environmental toxicologist who's studying alligator populations and how they adapt to pollution. Um, and I'm And I asked, them if um and i go about it in our episode about it which will hopefully come out sooner than later but hold on reggie winnie come on stop it stop it winifred hey folks come up this here. is this you is like well, you know this reggie thing, lay down what what no so i was gonna say this is this is like when harper rolls in she's like hey what's happening how's everybody no, you two don't need to be fighting right now. That's right. You got, you got, you got, you got Henry doing a little parental duties here, in case you're wondering if he's going to be a good parent. As I, you know, it might not be the most professional way of teaching, but whenever I had students fight in class, I'd be like, I would just take my seat and I'm like, all right, go on. I'm like, what do you mean? I'm like, no, go for I'll it. get after it. And they're like, aren't you mad? I'm like, no, 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 no. Just know that whoever wins, I'm going to fight the winner. And then they would stop, uh, you know, and it's one of those things where like, is it unprofessional? Yeah. Yes. But did is it work? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It, I never had fights in my class because all the kids knew, like they didn't want to test the theory because they knew that I would be a rascalian, but like, so I have a personal theory because what's something that every ancient culture has? every ancient culture has this concept in it i mean they have i mean, I mean the instant thing that comes to my mind even the first civilization the ba of babylon had this concept well i mean the, the in my mind two things come in instantly when you talk about older civilizations one is in their dna there's a natural fear of darkness okay. there's this right that's not it but go on okay that that's one and then two is 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 a is an element of what I would call, for lack of a better term, achievement. Babylon. There's a this. creature in every culture, every single culture on. That's my culture. darkness thing. That's my darkness thing. Is that what's, there's what what's in the darkness? We don't know. Dragon. It's that easy. You could have just said dragon. Okay. Every culture has a dragon. Every uh -oh. single human culture has a dragon or a variant of one. And that's interesting, isn't it? 
Yeah. Every single culture has one. In fact, most cultures consider them real creatures for a very long time. And when people are like, oh, well, dragons don't exist. What happens to dragons in every single one of their stories, usually, especially in the West, especially after Christianity sets in? They were yeah. killed. Yeah, gone. They were killed. Um, and my theory didn't have a lot of strength until <laughs> I'm going to kill him. No, come I'll on. Kill them with love. Winifred, stop Winifred. being a bully. <laughs> Leave Reggie alone. I am talking about evolutionary theory. Scott, um, Scott there's an animal called story. Yi. There's an animal called Yi. Mm -hmm. So it was found in China a while ago. Okay. And I freaked the fuck out when it was published. Like, I just will remember being at work, like, screaming at my desk when I saw this animal. Granted, it was the size of a pigeon, but we now know that, well, as I told you, Pteranodon is not a dinosaur. Mm -hmm. Pterosaurs are not dinosaurs. Pterodactyls are not dinosaurs. Blah, 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 blah. But there were flying dinosaurs. There were animals like Microraptor, which had four wings. They, you know, they these animals transitioned into birds. So there were at, they were dinosaurs that could fly, in a sense. Okay. And we, for the longest time, believed that the the ability of flight in saurians was was simply bird-like wings. Then Yi comes along, and then I start screaming like almost every day whenever I remember it exists. Yi is a flying dinosaur. Size of a pigeon found in China, covered in feathers, this, that, that. Its wings were not feathered, though. Its wings were bat-like, in fact. They were bat-like wings. If you looked at the skeleton, the representation, you would realize that Yi looks much like a dragon from Game of Thrones, where it would be the animal that has a set of bat-like wings but looks like a dinosaur. Not like your four-legged dragon, because you also have to remember that your four-legged dragons that breathe fire, they show up in Christian lore. Sure. Um, that's when they start demonizing dragons. But dragons usually were depicted as animals that were either serpentine-like, uh, four legs with long necks, which is very sauropod-like, long-necked dinosaurs, or, you know, pterosaur-like. In fact, there's evidence that maybe the Thunderbird of Native American mythology would have been something like Pteranodon. Um, you know, it's all to speculation, but it's very fascinating that an idea like the dragon exists in so many cultures. Even the Inuits have a dragon, uh, Senda, which is this like giant sea serpent kind of creature. Like there were, dinosaurs were the most successful animals to ever exist. And when people are like, oh, they weren't that successful if they went extinct. There are more birds on the planet than mammals. Birds inhabit, oh, sure. almost, birds inhabit every continent on the globe. Every single continent has birds, but not every continent has mammals. It's true, and, I, and, and I'm going to put it out there, fuck penguins. Well, penguins are terrifying because they are just straight up dinosaur birds. They are. But like, and, you know, and penguins. I sit here being excited because like we now have Spinosaurus, uh, which just got a huge... I don't know if you know this, but the infamous dinosaur from Jurassic Park 3 with the fin oh, yeah. doesn't look like that. 
Spinosaurus is actually more. Spinosaurus is like a dinosaur whale, which is just so exciting. Um, it turns oh, out no, it no, was it, incredibly semi-aquatic. Really? It probably was more aquatic than we give it credit to. It probably walked on all fours, even. Um, like one of the, and like what's funny is because of this fact. You have to remember this. Okay. Why are whales big? I mean, I go whales are big because of space. Like right. I, I treat I treat whales like goldfish, right? I mean, you're you're big because you're you're there and you have Spinosaurus is the largest dinosaur on the fossil record that we know of so far that's a predator. Spinosaurus got to that size because it was inhabiting a niche that no other dinosaur in its environment was doing, which was pretty much being an aquatic dinosaur. There was nothing in its environment that would compete for its food source, um, which is fascinating. I also love this whole cowboy scene. Apparently, this I know. took like three months to do. Uh, <laughs> I, love I don't the, know why. I love I love the bullshit of it too, because this is like you got you got two, you know. It's just it's hilarious. You know, you don't you know what makes me think about this is so. Um, I used you know I used to be on a on a I used to represent one of the best marlin fishing teams on planet Earth, and they would just go around the world and hunt thousand pound marlin, and I gotta you know I gotta go on some fishing trips and I gotta be on some beautiful yachts and do some stuff, but. People would talk about uh, the Kraken, and people would talk about big, big monsters. And I remember the funny part to me was, you know, I remember I was, I was talking to this guy, and he just he goes, "Hey, imagine an ocean that's not overfished. Imagine we're not going out and we're grabbing every every tuna we can, every marlin we can, every squid we can. Imagine if you just let them grow." And that big, big space is the ocean. Do you know how big the ocean is, Jay? And we're out there. I'm, 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 I'm on the boat, right? And he goes, climb up to the crow's nest. So, you know, you got those, uh, those little perches up on top. You got the ladders that go up to the very top of those sport fishing boats. Yeah. So I climb up to the top. And I, you know, we're, I'm 45 feet up in the air from, from the boat. Not from the ocean, from the boat. I got another like five, six feet down past that. I'm like 50, 52, 53 feet up. They cruise me out to the center of the ocean. They asked me to jump and then crawl back into the boat. Oh, did you go into, did you see how deep? Did you no, I didn't fucking moving? jump. I crawled down like a bitch because I was terrified. Because I, and, and when I got down, right, because there's, there's squid, there's marlin, and we're, we're chumming the waters, we're going after stuff, we're, we're doing everything, right? We're fishing. And, I, and he goes, now imagine if we hadn't fished here in a hundred years. How big is the marlin? How big is the squid? How big is the octopus? How big yeah. is the whale? How big are the tuna? So when you hear these stories from fishermen of these monsters in the ocean, 
understand they're here, they're real, they exist. We've just fished here so much that we've made them manageable. Well, when I went to Japan, I never realized how big tuna were. Oh, dude, tuna are, I've, I've, I've reeled in a hundred pound tuna. Yeah. They're monsters. Oh, are you tired, Winnie? Is it finally bedtime for you? <laughs> dude, my dog is out. He's, he's next to me on the little chair. Winnie's doing her snoring. But like, and I mean, I'm going to go into the ocean in a minute because just because I want to talk about Apex. Please. But like, it's really crazy. I, what I was trying to do while you're telling that amazing story was go on my phone and send you pictures of what these animals look like now, mm -hmm. the proper representation. But it's just like one of those things where Like, yes, the, this is a movie monster, 110%. But what people don't realize with dinosaurs is that they were alive for such a long period of time. And they were, and it wasn't that they were just alive, they were dominant. And I mean, if you look at birds today, like there's a part of me that's like, you know, I think one of the reasons why birds make people uncomfortable is because it's like genetic memory of our mammalian ancestors who lived under the shadows of their ancestors yeah birds and birds and snakes you never know what they're feeling see you look at a snake or a bird like you walk up to a cockatoo and you're like hello and they're like hello and you're like oh he can mimic my voice or the african gray parrot who can just you know do like two thousand yeah. words and mimic you, you play a soap well, opera. That's the other thing you got to remember. Like birds are like that, but like birds, long-necked dinosaurs, brachiosaurs, sauropods, all of those are got to the size they have because they have bird lungs. Because they don't breathe like we do. We breathe in and we breathe out. Birds breathe in and through the body, um, that which helps them fly. It's. The thing is, with these animals, they were absolutely magnificent in ways that, like, I don't think I could ever properly describe how magnificent they are. Because they're so alien, but they're also so... Like the idea of a species being on this planet as long as they have is unfathomable. And not just like the level of like, oh, there was one time period where it's like, we, we know that the mammoth existed for a certain amount of time. Sure. But dinosaurs lived in a whole era of the Mesozoic with the Triassic, Cretaceous, the Triassic Jurassic and Cretaceous. Mm -hmm. Cretaceous being the end. And seeing the diversity, like, and what's even crazier still, I could, right now, I could list you every dinosaur that I know, every single one of them. And by the time I'm finished, like three days later, that would only be 7% of the, 7 to 10% of the total biomass of the Mesozoic. 7 to 10%. We only know 
seven to ten percent of all the dinosaurs that exist existed. Wow. Do you know how many triceratops skeletons there are? Well, I guess now it's changed. There are five. There are technically five complete triceratops skeletons. There five? are about eight complete tyrannosaurus skeletons. Fossilization is a one in a million chance of happening. There could be animals that we never even realized existed even before the dinosaurs. And that's the other thing people forget is like, there was stuff before the dinosaurs that were even wilder in evolutionary terms. And there were creatures- Real quick, real quick to interrupt you, but I'm sorry, but because we don't do the digs like we do here in North America and in parts of Europe, if you had the funding and the digability, for lack of a better term, what would South America look like to you if, if you could, you know, responsibly remove that jungle and see what's underneath it. I mean, that seems terrifying to me. Oh, there are some crazy fucking animals in the fossil record found in the Amazon. I mean, South America had amazing fossil, has an amazing fossil record. It's where the world's largest dinosaur lives, Argentinosaurus. Its vertebra alone was five feet tall. That's fun. That's a hundred ton sauropod. Yeah, no, five feet tall vertebra. It was one, it, it's the largest animal to ever exist. Fuck the blue whale. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, hey, blue whale, you're my, you're my pinky toe. And you're a cute like, pinky toe, and I this like is, you. This is the thing that people... And like, in the Amazon, they discovered, when I went to college back in 2009, no, 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 that's right. Um, we discovered the fossil remains of Titanoboa. So it turns out after the age of the dinosaurs, much to your delight, um, Titanoboa was discovered, which pretty much was a giant anaconda. Nope. And it's not, and it's not like, oh, because an anaconda today can get to about like 20 feet in length. Mm-hmm. This thing got to nearly 40 to 50 feet in length. Oh, fuck that. Because you've got to remember, this appeared after the dinosaurs went extinct. So there were all these niches that needed to be filled. So you get gigantism in the craziest places. And what's even wilder still is that like the world's largest crocodile is probably found there. They're the world's largest, like, you know, the capybara. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there used to be capybara the size of like rhinos in South huh? America and the Bahamas. Like, evolution is always willing to fucking try whatever it wants to do. And there are animals that we still don't know existed. I mean, we don't even know everything about our own existence in the evolutionary record. Well, sure. I mean, like... We could just be the offspring of, like, a bunch of fucking horrible Cro-Magnons that just fucked Neanderthals hard. Well, I mean, like, once again, Graham Hancock would say that, you know what, at some point in time, a monkey had some edible mushrooms, right? Got super high, brain expanded, started looking at lights, started seeing shit differently like than anyone else did. And just, oh, I got to fuck that cute monkey because this, I got to ask you this, this has been on my mind. Do you believe in Bigfoot? 
No. <laughs> Bigfoot's like the one cryptid I don't fucking believe in because I find it terrifying that like and granted, yes, I've had Bigfoot on my podcast. I'm one of the sure. Well, I mean, dude, I mean, let's be honest. Bobcat Goldthwaite's Bobcat Goldthwaite's Bigfoot Bigfoot movie is amazing. I love it. I just we should talk I, over um, it. I um no, I actually don't really think it was. I can't stand the idea of a undocumented blurry figure roaming the American West to the Redwoods. I'm like it's very strange. I just don't well what just, about then? What about the you know in I like China the Yeti on, on Everett? I believe Yeti. in the Yeti. I have the Yeti. Aren't they the well, same? Well the Yeti is got probably well actually the Yeti is probably a bear. But like it's a bear that walks on two feet. Primates right? are oddly absent in the fossil record of North America, oddly enough. Um, it's really weird. Primates were one of the few animals that did not really like show up here. Um, well, that's because they don't like, make Meanwhile, in Asia, fuck, they're a bunch of fucking socialists, all right? They're coming over here sharing all their shit. Right. Well, <laughs> this is the thing. In Asia, though, there used to be an animal called Gigantopithecus. Yes, 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 yes. Um, and if you don't know Gigantopithecus, one of my favorite parts about the new Jungle Book that Disney made um, with Christopher Walken playing King Louie, oh, who claims so that good. he is a Gigantopithecus, mm-hmm. which is amazing. Uh, made me really happy. I love the fact that Christopher Walken sings I Want to Be Like You. Um, I just love Christopher Walken. Oh no, it's great. No, what the moment when people when they announced that Christopher Walken was voicing King Louis, I'm like, no, this movie's fucking gold. Yeah, it's, it's fucking money. Like, fuck and up. and he's tied to a conspiracy theory about murder. Yeah. Uh, where he's like, it's Christopher I was, Walken. I was I was on the boat. I didn't I didn't see what happened on the boat. We had a drink. I was too busy shoving this gold watch up my ass. I had a watch and I was I was I was on a boat. <laughs> And this is the very, by the way, back to the film, this is a mm-hmm. very Jurassic Park-esque thing where it is a dinosaur on display for the public. Is this, know, you know, when you when you look at the, now that you bring up Jurassic Park, right? And you look at Guanji and you see the big thing and you see the pomp and circumstance and you see the bands. Now I get it. When, when, yeah. I was, I, when, when, when I was first watching this, right? And I was seeing the wild, wild west and they were going out and they were interacting. I was just like, oh, if you replace... If you just simply replaced aliens with dinosaurs, this is cowboys and aliens versus cowboys and dinosaurs. And they just, they just didn't have a cool enough title. But then your explanation and understanding, and then this, I mean, dude, this is Jurassic Park. This is how you come to Jurassic Park. This is how you walk into Jurassic Park. Here's what I don't get. You've got the crazy, you've got that crazy ass lady with the, with the patch. Oh yes, and, and the her Mexican minions. gypsies that just roam the American Southwest and Mexico. I mean, I don't know if there's any. I don't. Know if, I don't know if Mexican gypsies are real. Quite honestly, no, they're, not. they're not. However, European gypsies are very real, mm-hmm. and uh, there's enough horror movies about them to let you know uh, they'll fuck you two ways to Tuesday. Could he not afford an elephant? Was that a claymation elephant? No, it's a claymation elephant. No, it's it's claymation because of what happens to the elephant. Oh, okay. Oh, well, you haven't gone to this part. Yeah. Well, no, I'm just... I'm just I'm, I'm Shit's about seconds. to happen to the elephant. Shit's about to happen to the elephant. I'm also just looking at the, the, the little person running around. And it, what I... So... But it brings me to, it brings me to a question I have for you. 
Um, because I, I had I got on a I got on a thing, <laughs> which is weird. A lot of psychics started emailing me asking to be on the podcast. Ooh, you had a psychic recently. I've I had been really three. Bad I had three, and that none of them would actually give me the juice, right? Because they're all like, "Well, you got to pay." You know, they never said you have to pay. They just kind of danced around things. Oh yeah. But my East Coast gal was like the most legit. She's like, "Hey, don't fuck with this. You just stop your nonsense." Because I was like, because a gal reached out to me who sold demon possessed dolls. She's like, "All my dolls are demon possessed." I was like, "Great. Can you?" not give me one obviously but send it to a friend yeah, and i just want to see if it, i just want to see if it fucks with them <laughs> and this guy was like hey don't no no and she was pretty legit i mean my east coast girl was pretty legit she's like i want to come on your podcast again she goes but don't you do not don't fuck with them don't fuck with these dolls and i said no her reviews on etsy are hilarious it's like hey you know what i got tommy and you're right. I woke up the next morning and all my doors were open and my AC was down to 50 degrees and it should only go down to 60. Tommy's quite a little rascal. I woke up the next morning and all my peanut butter was on my nuts and I have two cans of peanut butter. I mean, it was just, you know, weird shit. And I was like, oh, I want my friend to experience this. Like, I'm not going to do this, but I've got two buddies of mine who would probably forgive me if I sent them a demon possessed doll. They'd probably forgive me. Maybe not, but I'm willing to gamble that they would forgive me, right? You know, they have kids, so obviously I'm, you know, tepid waters. But hey, let's have some fun. Let's see yeah. if it's real. And she's like, "Don't fuck with this." But it, but so it brings me up to all, all that to say, what do you think about gypsies? What do you think about that whole? Well, my some of you, my you live in a monster world, but let's let's go into this thing of of. of I mean, of, technically, the word gypsy is bad. I know it's, but it's like I use it because um, on my dad's dad's side were gypsies in England. So like really? I've seen Snatch. Oh yeah. I have family that's on that Brad Pitt side of the character list. Okay. Um, but you know, there are things in this world that are beyond our control. Sure. Beyond our understanding, and you don't mess with juju. You just don't. You don't mess with juju. But you know, you you know, I'm crazy. I'm gonna try it at some point. Oh yeah, no. Sometimes <laughs> it's fun to poke the bear, but like, I mean, as a kid, I actually, and sometimes to this day, I will have dreams that happen, like will happen. Um, usually, there's like an alteration. Like I once had an entire, I had a dream about an entire school day in fifth grade. Um, but in the dream, everybody was wearing sombreros. But then I actually lived that day. Oh, so. like, well, that's weird. <clears throat> like I lived it to the exact amount. And it's, I will also say this movie conflicts me because like I love elephants and I love dinosaurs. So this is a very like mixed emotion sequence. Dude, I, I spent my uh, honeymoon in a Chiang Mai. Yeah, Chiang Mai's great. I love Chiang Mai's great. I loved it. I, I loved, loved it. Chiang Mai for like a month and a half. Uh, I, I I would spend a year in Chiang Mai if I could, just because uh, the people are great, the food's great, the the culture's great. I just I, I love that environment. Uh, I will say I do like Vietnam a little bit more than Thailand, but really? that's just my own personal opinion. I've been to Vietnam yet, so I, I, the wife and I are talking about. No, do it. Make sure you get your kids. visa. 
Sport, we um, want to travel with the kid, right? We want to travel with the kid coming up and we're wondering which one we do. Like, do we do Chiang Mai? Cause it's so easy. We got to fly in, she gets the elephants and do that. And you're going to bathe them and do all that stuff. Or do we do something new, which everyone says, if you love Chiang Mai, you're going to fall head over fucking heels for Vietnam. I actually sit here being like, if you do Vietnam, I will send you what I did. Cause like, okay. My partner and I, at the time we went to like Hanoi down the coast. I know of a really cool, like, uh, lodging area that you Mm -hmm. can stay. And then you could go on like tours into the caves. Um, there's some really amazing caves in Vietnam. Also, like, wait, did you see Kong Skull Island? Yes. So that was filmed in Vietnam. Gorgeous. And I've been to where it was filmed. Oh, shit. So, like, I like Vietnam. But, by, by the way, real quick, because I said, oh, shit, the way I said it. Have you seen the Netflix cursing thing with Nick Cage? No, not yet. I hear it's great. It's great, except for one thing. Does he not curse enough? No. They do every curse word except for cunt. Boo. They don't address cunt. Boo. How how are you gonna do a show about curse words? You're gonna do they guess what they did? They did damn and ass. They didn't do cunt. Damn and ass are not a curse words. Damn is not a now they 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 went down this road and I actually appreciated it for damn. And they're like, this is the only curse word in the Bible. And there's a meaning behind it where if you say, damn it, you are actually cursing that person. There's, so, so they gave a historical perspective of it, which actually I kind of liked. I was like, I can go with damn because of the historical preference. But you didn't do cunt. You did fuck and you didn't do cunt. You didn't do that. The, the most aggressive curse word on planet Earth. Come on, man. That's like making a dinosaur movie and not having a T-Rex. Well, this isn't a T-Rex. I know, but if you did a dinosaur movie and you didn't do it, people are going to look at this and think that's a T-Rex. If you didn't do a dinosaur movie and you didn't have a, 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 a murdering dinosaur, Aggressive to the nice, aggressive to the pull. Come on, are you serious? But this is the other thing too. So, and we're talking about Kong and this. This is the thing that I I will say. Like I sit here, knowing animal biology, Guanji was Mm -hmm. reacting like this because Guanji has been forced into a new environment and is reacting this way because this is how an animal would react when frightened and like not in its familiar habitat. Um, because like, fuck, T-Rex was a sensual lover. They found out like T-Rex's snout was so sensitive um, that it probably was like that T-Rex would cuddle. Is a, what? It's a way to use it. Yeah. T-Rex, T-Rex would cuddle? Capable of cuddling. Yeah. Like Aww. dinosaurs were very nurturing intelligence animal t-rex has the largest brain of any vertebrate on the planet t-rex's brain is bigger than the human skull um it was like a super organ on its sensory uh, abilities and most large theropods now are theorized like funny enough 
everybody's like, oh, raptors hunted in packs. Raptors were probably like big cats, which usually live solitary lives unless like with a family group. Um, but the larger predatory dinosaurs like T-Rex, Allosaurus, and the works, they probably lived in groups in like a pride-like structure. Um, you know, because there's not a lot of evidence that raptors hunted in packs. Usually you find raptors as individuals. You don't find them with other members of their species. It was just theorized that because like they were the size of dogs um, and there's evidence of them taking down large prey. But they were probably able to take down large prey because like the same way a leopard's able to take down large prey or a cheetah is able to uh, bring down large prey. Like there's so much we don't know about these animals. And to say definites, you know, in my opinion, like right now on paleontology Twitter, everybody's upset because like, there's a really great picture that I really like where someone's feathered a T-Rex to make it look like a sparrow or a small oh. like bird. Okay. Which, but people are like, oh, well evidence suggests enough. Like I'd rather complain that a dinosaur has too much feathers than no feathers at all because current society believes that dinosaurs are still lizards and they're still reptiles when they're not and like crazy enough a turtle is technically not a reptile because they're anapsids we're synapsids we have uh one hole in our jaw mm -hmm. lizards and reptiles are diapsids they have two holes in their jaws and turtles have are anapsids they have no holes in their jaw so like there's so much to nature that we don't understand and think this is how it is. But nature's always like, fuck you. This is how it is. Yeah, I mean, it's always. Seems, it seems like nature at the end of the day, no matter how much we flex our muscle, no matter, no matter how big we think we are, no matter how strong man thinks we are, no matter what buildings we build, no matter what sticks we carve, no matter what guns we make, nature reminds us, in case you're wondering, I'm still nature. Oh, yeah. I'm still the big bitch. And, you know, and as the perfect segue, that's what my series Apex is. So while we are now currently in season three of It Came From a Monster Movie. At the Great time podcast, which I listened to. I, I want to tell people real quick, because you, you give it real quick, because I text you this when I do this. So every time I fly out, I do it. I do it every Friday, but when I fly out, I like to leave, like this is my travel. I like to let yeah. people know. So once a, it's not that I listen once a month. It's that this is my flight. I've got a flight from LA to Phoenix or LA to Denver, and then I fly home. One of those flights on the Fridays, that's my listen. That's You're cutting my out a bit, bud. What's that? Oh, I think our. Oh, there we go. Are we back? Are we? Our, our Are internet we connection is a little unstable, it says. Let me see what I got. Oh, no, here we go. Oh, we're back. Here we go. You're just making robot noises. As I was. I, a horrible fire. <laughs> no, I was just saying, I'm like, I like to text you when I'm flying because I'm like, hey, and I, and I put it out because I'm just like, hey, this is what I'm listening to. It's a good podcast, folks. You got to listen to it. Uh, it's fun. It's so much different than this because. I got to participate in it, which was also fun because you got to talk a little bit about it and then there's a pause. You go watch the movie and you come back fresh. You talk about it again. 
It's it's very fun. You got to listen to it. It came from a monster movie. It's available everywhere. Get it. Yeah. Um, also, a uh, movie recommendation before I do Apex stuff. Because um, season three started off with the Digimon movie, which is one of my all-time favorite films ever. Um, and I was lucky enough to have Jeff Nimoy, who wrote and voiced in that movie on that episode. Fantastic. Um, Jeff Nimoy is an amazing person, and I highly recommend people checking out his movie, Fame-ish. That's okay. fame-ish. Um, he made it himself. It's filmed at an actual con. It's a fiction of being a voice actor, um, but I feel like everybody will enjoy it. It's really fun, and I feel like, Jason, you personally would probably really enjoy Famish. It's on all streaming platforms. Okay. And I think you're cutting out a bit for me, bud, because you're frozen. I've got you perfect. The bars are all red now. Oh, you got me perfect? All right, well, then I'll just talk normally. Um, But as the fiery conclusion goes and poor Guanji dies a horrible modern-day death, um, and it's very interesting that a dinosaur dies in a church for reasons. Mm, There's a little bit of thing there. But, um, and I don't think that's intentional. I think that's just like a grand conclusion. Um, So while... It came from Monster Movie is entering its third season. Um, this summer will be the premiere for the pilot of the audio drama known as Apex, a giant monster audio drama that I am currently directing and producing and writing. I've already had a read through of my pilot script. You can actually watch the read through on our Patreon and it came from a monster movie. I have some amazing talent. Um, I have the wonderful, delightful voice talent that is Sammy Mounts. I have some friends from Korea, like uh, my friends Greta and Nolan, who I worked in Soul Players. I have a guy named Jonathan who... Hello. Everything okay there, bud? Yeah, I don't know. Just all of a sudden, we just had a little click. We're having a storm, but I don't see your face, but I hear you. You're still like clickety clacking. Internet connection is unstable. Hold on, let me look at this. Cause you were, hold on. Connected and secure, let me go. Yeah, you're clickety clacking on my end. Let me do this. Let me see if this is, as we're, thank God we're still recording. How are we doing now? Uh, You're frozen, but I can hear you. Okay, so hold on. So you have some great friends from Korea chiming in. Uh, Greta and Nolan, and then okay. my friend Jonathan, and then Jeff, uh, the squid guy from my podcast, and my friend Jarrett is on it as well. And I think that's oh, and uh, Cece Cornette from 13th Floor Podcast is okay. there as well. And Apex is my, my baby. I've been working on this giant monster series since I was starting high school and even technically before that um but it's my attempt at refreshing the giant monster genre um it's going to be this really rad audio drama i have some other really great artists who are involved in the project um there's a field guide that you can check out on the patreon you can watch the whole read through of the pilot script 
and I'm currently in the process of making the second draft and we're going to have another read through soon. But Apex is this like incredible giant monster drama about like, as we were talking, nature reminds us that we're fucking small as shit. <laughs> and something that I always want, I get frustrated in my giant monster movies is like, everybody's like kind of okay that this giant thing exists when technically science, like if an animal the size of Godzilla came onto shore, it would yeah. die because gravity. Yep. So I'm exploring a series where pretty much the story starts with our main character um, who is a survivor for a mysterious accident in the Pacific. Um, trying to figure out answers before the world realizes that there are giant animals among us called apex organisms. And the series is huge and there's no stone unturned in my series. It addresses a lot of subjects but also all the creatures are originally designed. Um, they're all my babies. But what's wow. even more fascinating about the series is not just that it has this amazing menagerie of monsters and this like story, but if you know me personally, you will realize that Apex was my translation circuit for high school when I had social problems. I couldn't understand things, so I made everybody into giant monsters. So all the hey, monsters you talked about are actually, them. I have all the monsters yeah. are actually based off people, and the main monster Tyrannus is supposed to be a representation of me. But like Apex is going to be, it's going to come in waves. Mm -hmm. Wave one is the first season, and it introduces a lot of the monsters in the world. Um, but like you know, spoilers: the first Apex story, uh, Rising. Um, is a double whammy, but it's going to be, I try and not make it like cheesy. I try to make it like real people, real trauma, real everything. Like, and something that I'm really trying to do is uh, our main character, Rick, is a trans man and okay. being voiced by a trans man. Um, so elements of that, because like I wanted to make something, I wanted to make a character who, when giving scientific advice, would be ignored um, to try and show that stigma as well. Because sometimes I'm like, I don't understand why people are not listening to the scientist who's the expert in this field, because that's why you invited them on. Why are you not listening to him? And I'm like, oh, what if I added this element to it? Um, there are going to be a lot of interesting social elements to it, and I will do my best to make sure that I am respectful and understanding of those elements. But the sure. other thing that is something I don't think people realize, if you really thought about it, if a giant monster showed up out of the ocean and appeared, we technically couldn't handle it. Not like military-wise, like mentally. Because not only is now all science wrong, but when you find, and as the series goes on, we find out that a lot of these creatures were myths and part of pagan beliefs. And then you find out that Christianity kind of was like, oh, we pushed it aside because these pagan cultures had real tangible gods that they worshiped. And we have an entity in heaven. Mm -hmm. 
So it's one of those things where it talks about a lot of social stuff and there's conspiracy in it. And there's a whole ecosystem that we discover because I pay tribute to my favorite sci-fi trope of, you know, journey to the center of the earth. Um, there's just a lot of, excuse me, there's a lot of fun. There's species. I even go into like some of the AOs are ecosystems themselves. Um, there's an AO called Stegeros, who's a giant stegosaur that appears out of Salt Lake City. And when they eventually climb Stegeros to do an expedition to explore Stegeros, they discover an ecosystem on him. Um, they discover like a lost species of pterosaur. They discover a parasite. Because you got to remember, like, this thing is huge. So obviously there are animals living on the creature. Yeah, I was going to say, I was thinking about the, uh, the, the giant bull sharks, uh, you know, that swim and they've got the, the, the and other. We, and and we have them. that. And we're going to do a quick pause because I think the pups need to go potty real quick. So well, hold on, hold on, hold on, real quick, real quick. We got to, I got to, I got to uh, dog. So I got to do the same thing. So put a pin in it. We're going to talk again in two weeks. Yes. Sounds like a plan. You hey. tell me what we're going to watch. Maybe we'll do a gamma film. Maybe just give me another dinosaur film. I don't know. I'll give you whatever you want. I love you, brother. I really do, love man. Me too. You're very special. But, uh, and also listen we to this we, podcast, Talking During Movies. We also we, we got a text about when you want to fly you out, okay? Yep, yep. We'll do that. We'll do that because Winnie is crying and I'm not in the mood to clean up pee. But I love you guys. And Valley of Guanji was a super fun film. Go watch it. Peace. So peace, everybody.